The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From the center of the galaxy, this here be the Force Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsuk for, yes, finally, another edition of Spotlight Star Wars. Uh, I did not mean to take a break, but thank you for your patience. Couple weeks off. Uh, the last episode was uh, abnormally uh, negative, grumpy. My dislike of the second Rogue One trailer came tearing out through the microphone and struck you guys in a bad way. A lot of negative reaction to it. And this is the follow up episode I intended to do just a week later, but things happened. I switched jobs, though that wasn't so uh, unexpected. Me leaving Screen Junkies and Defy Media and joining Complex Media, working for Collider Video uh, with uh, John Campia, the Schmoes, and everyone else over there. Uh, I knew that was coming, but what I kind of didn't factor in is I have switched to using a work computer because all my other computers are dead, dead dead, and uh, I had to give up that work computer, and then was getting another work computer, and that all seemed good in my mind until I realized there was going to be a two-week gap in which I did not have a computer, which in 2016 makes life quite impossible. There would be a point, even as late uh, as the late 90s, that I would not think it was weird that I would go two weeks without a computer, but here I was, like it was 1983 all over again. I didn't have a computer, a microphone, and I couldn't talk Star Wars, but with anyone uh, that wasn't in the room with me. Um, and uh, we uh, we had some great fun as a Force Center team. We went out to Stan Lee's L.A. Comic Con and had a great panel, the Star Wars counseling panel, that we are trying to get up. And out there for you guys to listen to who couldn't be there was a spectacular panel. But the problem I'm having right now is more tech problems. Technical problems are the bane of my existence. I know this isn't about Star Wars, but maybe it is. I'd like to live in a galaxy far, far away where tech problems didn't seem to be as rampant as they are today. We're still trying to figure all this stuff out, even though Star Wars was it in the past. My new MacBook Air. It's great. I feel privileged to have this work MacBook Air in my lap. It wasn't working properly for me today. I finally get it to work, and I get home, and I'm going to edit the Star Wars counseling panel that we did at LA Comic Con, put it in, and that wasn't working. It was recorded wrong. We have a backup recording. We will try to get that to you. I want to thank Mark Ellis of Schmoes No and Collider Video publicly for coming on to the panel. Joseph Scrimshaw, Jennifer Landa, and I were grateful that he was able to uh, make the panel and, and grateful that we had a packed house, a packed house at L.A. Comic Con to see the Star Wars counseling panel. It was very fun. We uh, hope to get it out to you. The audio quality might not be as uh, great as we had originally thought it would be. That's what happens. Sometimes you plug in a machine into another machine, and then it's reading levels, and you're saying, good, we're getting it. Press record. And then um, uh, information comes across on that recording that not even R2-D2 or Chopper could uh, figure out. But we're back. Let me take a breath. (sighs) We're here. Spotlight, Star Wars, and I did want to follow up. Look, I'm going to tell you this right up top. I'm not going to apologize for the way I felt and still pretty much do feel about the Rogue One trailer. A lot of you did upset you. You didn't like the negative tone, and yet we try to strike that celebration angle here. We really, really do. But uh, I'm also going to 
I don't want to say call it like I see it. I don't like those type of people that are the uh, hey. I just uh, call it like I see it. I I see uh, I see what I uh, what I what I see. Some wrong. I say it. You know where uh, I don't. I, those those people can be a holes. I'm not an a hole, but I didn't like the Rogue One trailer, the second one. It didn't strike a chord in me. We talked about it on Force Center after. It was the early chance I had to respond, knowing I was dealing with tech issues. And look, Jennifer Landa loved it, and I understood why. And as I said there, and I'll say here because this is the official follow-up, you shouldn't let me or anyone else take, your, take away your enjoyment of anything. I'm still not a big, giant fan of Rebels, but I do like it. And I watch it, and I don't miss an episode. But if you love it, if you love it more than Clone Wars, if you watch each episode four times, nothing I say should take that joy away from you. But I don't have to feel the same joy. That's kind of how it works. And you guys out there, I asked you to respond. Use the hashtag Spotlight Star Wars and tell me where I was wrong. Tell me what you liked about it. Tell me what struck a chord with you. And most of you did that well. And even some of you were kind of poking me in the side, saying, hey, you're being un- uncharacteristically, un- uncharacteristically uh, negative. And uh, I understand that. I am. I was. I will be. Uh, and I get it. And uh, combined with, I, I also attacked Rebels a little bit in that episode. But then, you know what? Guess what? The, the last two episodes of Rebels, I've loved. I loved the Clone Wars-based episode of Rebels. The last battle, last fight, I believe it was called. Loved that one. I like when they really dig in and tie things into the prequels. I like it because it's there. It's part of the Star Wars universe. That was a great episode. I didn't like the ending too much. I didn't like that it was like, oh, Ezra, you ended the Clone Wars. <laughs> no, he didn't. But I, I did like the overall episode. The stuff with Rex was great. Even the droid stuff. And they used it. They used the droids just just enough for comic effect, but also keeping them as a, as a real threat. And even Rex, I love that uh, Ezra kind of speaking for us as the Star Wars fans was like, you serious? These Roger Roger robots? Why are we afraid of these things? And Rex saying, hey, they took out a lot of my friends. I do like that. We forget that. The, the, the battle droids certainly are comical, unintentionally comical uh, at times. Roger, Roger. Uh, I think one of my least favorite lines of the prequels is the, uh, uh, take them away for processing. What? But in the Star Wars story, Bubble, the battle droids, they did some work there. They worked to some level. They took out some people. And I like that Rex had that moment where he said, hey, I've seen them take out my friends. So it was a good episode. It was a deep episode. And then this recent episode, uh, I don't want to go into because some of you might not have had a chance to see it. I am now uh, uh, getting the ability to see them early thanks to my affiliation with Collider Video. I am now officially uh, a member of the Jedi Council show. Uh, we're working on my nickname, Qui-Gon Jinn. I cannot have Obi-Wan Kenobi like I did on Jedi Alliance because John Campia has Obi-John Kenobi. Um, but Kylo Ken... Even I heard a Ken Urso, which I actually like. And uh, we were going with right now Qui-Gon Ken. Uh, maybe what, Kylo Ken seems good, but I don't want to be I don't want to be a villain, a kind of a whiny emo villain learning to be the big bad. I, I, I don't know. Maybe Ken Gerso. Ken Ur- Ken Gerso. Ken Urso. Or Ken Gerso. That's her cousin. I'll be that. You can weigh in and vote, too. Go over and listen to uh, Collider Jedi Council. But because of that, I'm rambling. Sorry. I'm excited that I'm part of the council. 
Uh, I get to see uh, Rebels video episodes a little early right now, so we can review them. Uh, I'm not going to be on the Rebels review show every week, but I was on uh, this week. Check it out. I believe it comes out, um, if you're listening to this early Saturday morning when this episode was posted, it comes out later. I don't want to spoil that episode. It's the Imperial Super Commander's uh, episode. has a lot of Sabine, has a lot of Ezra, has some Mandalorian flair to the episode, and I like that one, too. So if you're if you're keeping score at home about my journey on the road to loving Rebels, Mark Two Down is great. And the Wedge Antilles episode was not bad. I get it. I liked it. I just, my expectations and my headcanon of Wedge didn't sync up with that episode. And that's on me, as I said last week. But a lot of people were upset that I was a little upset at Rebels and a little upset at Rogue One Trailer 2 in the same episode. All right. But like I said, I'm not apologizing for it. Didn't like the trailer, and I owe it to you to say what I, what I don't like. But you guys have the right to talk to me and the ability on Twitter. You can follow me at Cadnapsock if you're not already. If you're new, uh, some people are new, discovering my Star Wars fandom from Jedi Council. This is what we do every week, and the Force Center Pod is a bunch of great, great shows. And you can follow us at Force Center Pod. But in this show, my monologue from me to you, the Star Wars fans, you can use the hashtag Spotlight Star Wars, and that's what I asked you guys to do a couple weeks ago, to say, hey, Ken, you're an idiot. Here's what I liked about the trailer. And some of you actually said, you're an idiot. All right, that's the way it works. So I'm just going to go down the list. I'm going to read them, and we're going to talk about it. And I'm going to give you guys the voice here. We'll start with Mike G. at Goody1969. He said, I'm excited that Spencer Wilding, who's playing Darth Vader, appears to have gotten David Prowse's walking down. Perfect match. And you know what, Mike? That's a great point. You can't just throw anyone into that costume, which is what David Prowse will keep telling everybody until the day he dies. I finally watched the documentary L Street, uh, L Street 1976. It goes a lot into Prowse, a lot of how he's kind of a pariah inside the Star Wars community with Lucasfilm. Um, they really kind of just don't want him around. He said some things. He wanted credit for being Darth Vader. and felt James Earl Jones was the one who got all the credit. I can see some of his point. He was the one on the set doing most of the stuff. So he established Vader. It's the same thing with Chewbacca. Peter Mayhew, in his prime, could walk around and he established what Chewie was. And there were moments in Force Awakens. I think uh, the guy, and I forget his name, it's kind of a, a longer name. Um, I think he's a Swedish guy or something like that. I apologize. I'm probably messing it up completely. But you know, you know what I'm talking about. Um... He he did a pretty damn good job with Chewie. There was moments, though, I think us hardcore fans could tell when it wasn't Mayhew. And that's just the reality of the situation. Mayhew's not going to be able to play the part forever. Um, so the same thing with Prowse, Vader. He established what he looks like, what he walks like, who he is. And I think even when... When Hayden Christensen got the ability to be in there, in that, uh, which he was in the costume, uh, in the outfit there for Revenge of the Sith, it it did come across as slightly different. I didn't have a problem with it. It didn't take me out of it other than the no, but that was, that could have been David Prowse in there from 77 and it, it still would have been bad. So Mike G, good point. That little moment with Vader, it did look like Vader. I didn't think for a second, oh, it's someone else being Vader. It just was Darth Vader to me. Next up, this is a bit of a long one. We got a lot of tweets here, but I want to give him the full voice here. Jared Kozal at J Kozal, K-O-Z-A-L. 
he went into a lot here. And I'm going to give him his voice. He said uh, he started out by saying, Ken, as you say, Rogue One, the second trailer, looks stunning. And I do. I said that. It looks stunning. But Jared says, but it's not just the beauty of the shots. It's the scope of what they capture. Goes on to say, take Jetta, a planet I already love. The fallen statue of an ancient Jedi, the vast Star Destroyer looming over the city, the ATSD walking the streets, firing with indiscriminate cruelty, the huddled alien sharing Jin's cell, looking beaten. These shots open a striking window on an ancient mystical place now ruled by an empire dependent on technological terror. It's almost bringing a tear to my eye, Jared. You're bringing some depth already to Jetta. And I agree, I like I liked this idea of Jetta, this mystical planet that carries some weight in this post-Jedi world. But I th- I agree. And I liked the ATSD shot. I did say that's one of my favorite shots of that trailer. But Jared, I agree with you there. I understand what you're saying. He goes on to write, Also, the Icelandic vistas of Galen's homeworld with an exclamation point, that rainy mountainous planet, the lush tropical beaches of Scarif, All of these places feel exciting and new, yet also totally at home in the galaxy. I believe they exist and always have. Perhaps it would have been better to discover that depth of detail in the theater, but I'm already sold. But it got me excited. Jared, that's a perfect, wonderful, well-thought-out, common-sense approach. You almost don't belong in the Internet, Jared, because you, you have a class to your response. You're too good for us, Jared. But that's great. And I do agree with it. I do agree with it. But I also agree that the first trailer did that too. This doesn't necessarily make me like the second trailer better. But I totally agree with your points, Jared. It's one of the things I say. One of the things I complain about a little bit when I do like to complain about some of the stuff in the comics. Some of the stuff in Rebels. Even some of the worst stuff in Clone Wars. And I love that series. There's some amazing stuff. There's a lot of times some of these planets... Some of these worlds and some of these peoples and aliens and races and everything, ships even, hashtag whale ships, um, don't feel like they belong in Star Wars. The things that Lucas established, not just in his writing of the original trilogy, but how he presented it, how it was built, and how the people who made the models and made the matte paintings and created those worlds, the endless amount of names behind that, and even in the prequels. I think the prequels did a very good job of a Expanding the universe. I love Camino. I love my Gito, Felucia. Uh, I, I like those planets a lot. Kashyyyk, even though we didn't get to spend enough time on them. Uh, they were able to kind of make it something. It feels like it's part of Star Wars. And Jeddah already feels like it. I like, uh, I like Scarif. Some people aren't as impressed or excited that there's a, a quote-unquote beach planet. But I like what we're seeing there. Some great stuff. Yeah, and Galen Erso's home, this home planet, whatever that is. I don't know the name yet. Maybe you guys do. Let me know. Definitely look different. To me, again, it's stunning. But I get your point, Jared. You're going beyond just the, quote, it's stunning. And you're saying, hey, there is a bigger world now that this movie is going to help expand. Tristan Shields, Grand Moff Shields, is checking in again. He's one of the uh, regular listeners and commenters. And he says, uh, he is, uh, he's, he's, uh, he's being nice with me. He says, the line, make ten men feel like a hundred. 
really struck a chord, says everything about the rebellion. He went on to say, I totally get where you're coming from with the plot giveaways, but Vader's role is still a mystery. Um, I do. You know what, Tristan? I, I don't like a lot of the dialogue in the second trailer. That's perhaps my biggest problem with it. Some dialogue that made me go, eh, what do we got coming? But make ten fi- it makes uh, ten men feel like, uh, like a hundred, which uh, I believe is delivered by Cassian Andor. Uh, right? Not Bodie, not Bodie Rook, right? I don't know. I've watched the trailer a lot, but I don't remember those little details. I apologize. Um, I believe it's Cassian Andor. Um, I did like that line. I did like it. And that is the stuff I want more of. What, the, what that trailer did too much of for me was, we're rebels, right? It's We, we got a new hope, right? We're not going to let the Empire strike back and stop the return of the Jedi, right? I'm, all right, I'm paraphrasing and being a jerk again. Yes, I get it. But the lines like, make ten men feel like a hundred, or going back to the teaser trailer with Saw Gerrera saying, uh, what will you do when you get a cot? What will you do? Who will you become? Paraphrasing again. That thing, that moment, that thing, those lines strike chords in me. So I can get behind you, Tristan, when you say the line about make ten, fan, ten men feel like a hundred. That's a great line. Um, Vader's role is still a mystery. I disagree with that a little bit. I just think it's we're establishing a lot of where and when and maybe even how Vader's showing up. It's not a giant surprising guess or leap to think that Vader will show up at the end somehow. Um, but I will, you know, I don't know, maybe his business meeting is early. But, um, yeah, you're right. I don't know Vader's role completely in this. So, Tristan, I'll agree with your point 80%. How about that? Naoki Hattori checking in at Commander Sato, who is uh, featured prominently in Rebels, named after uh, that character there. I like that Twitter handle. I like Sato. He's uh, a very good addition to the Rebellion. Glad to see him there. He says at hashtag Spotlight Star Wars, my favorite Rogue One trailer moment was Saw Gerrera. Save the Rebellion. Save the Dream. A rebel who's fought for 20 years. I do like that line. I love Forrest Whitaker as Saw. I love it. Great casting. Inspired choice. And it makes sense that this character shows back up into the Star Wars landscape. I love it. Kind of a hand-picked by Lucas character. Uh, and I do like a lot of his stuff. Like I just said, I like the stuff in the teaser. I like all that kind of stuff. Um, the moment, it was cut weird. Again, that's why I keep saying the trailer itself had some problems for me. A lot of these moments, I'm sure in the movie, him going, save the rebellion, save the dream, is going to hit, hit, hit me hard and strike a chord. I just didn't like it in the trailer. But that's a great moment. And, and Naoki, that's a great point. He's a rebel who's fought for 20 years. He was doing this a long time ago. A generation ago. And now he sees that the rebellion has picked up enough steam to make a difference. Change the galaxy. And that's a good moment. And I'm glad you like it. Stephen Patrick Helms says, great trailer breakdown. Looking forward to your take on the final issue of the Vader comic. Hashtag tag. Hashtag Ozzel. Uh, Stephen, I just want to read that comment because you, you liked my trailer breakdown and now we're best friends. Uh, I, uh, I, do, I just read this week. I was a little delayed. All these life changes, changing jobs and everything. Uh, I just read the final Vader issue, uh, issue 25 from Marvel Comics. 
I do want to go into it. Uh, I here's here now's not the time. If you haven't been reading the Vader series, it had some tremendous highs. It had some weird lows, but it was always a great series. It always did some good stuff. It did, unfortunately, bring us the space whale ships, um, um, brought us some other kind of weird things, but it got, brought us some spectacular moments. And I'll say this, Stephen, it ended in a way that I was very happy with. It ended with some mystery and some things, and it's like a three-part ending. Um, and it does kind of do a a great job of of explaining some of the uh, change in rank structure following uh, New Hope into Empire in the Imperial officers' uh, uh, ranks there. That's all I'll say. And I, and I liked it. For those that know, wink, I liked it. Jamie Lynn at Jamie1776. It was a great year. Jamie says, lighten up. Star Wars is corny and childish at times. Get in touch with eight-year-old Ken. He'd love this trailer. All right, Jamie. I saw that tweet come across, and it ruffled my feathers a little bit. Eight-year-old Ken would like this trailer. But eight-year-old Ken would also still be telling you that Jar Jar Binks is pretty awesome. And as much as I can grasp a little bit more love for the prequels, and as much as I actually would love to meet Ahmed Best and give him a big, warm embrace... As much as I'd like to forgive Jar Jar Binks, I don't know if I can yet, and eight-year-old Ken would have loved him. Because eight-year-old Ken loved the Ewoks. Sorry, Jennifer, you're not around. But I don't like the Ewoks as much as I did when I was eight. But Jamie, you do have a point. Star Wars is, at times, corny. And definitely, at times, childish. And there's things I love about it. You know what? All right. I'll go to the Ewoks. I've said it before. I'll say it again. One of my favorite lines is, that guy's wise. (laughs) I love that moment. And it's corny and childish. And sometimes we do forget that. I still don't like the trailer, JB. I still don't really like Rebels all the time. But your point is well made. Sometimes we forget as adults what this epic is going for. Not just literal children and literal youth, but it's going for our figurative youth. One that's buried beneath all that adult stress. I'm going to love the movie, Jamie. I'm going to love it. I don't know if I'll like this trailer ever. But I'll try to lighten up. I'll try. Just no more puffer pigs and rebels. I know it was only once. Someone said there was only one episode. Why are you so mad about it? Because it was the Lando episode. Lando Carrison comes back and the puffer pigs. Oh, don't get me started. Alex Lloyd says, liked the trailer, but agreed with uh, me. Uh, thanks, Alex. He felt It felt very mainstream, but he loved how pissed Vader looks walking in, and that ties back to what we were talking about earlier, what uh, uh, Mike G said. Um, they got Vader right. They got Vader right. I did like that moment. He did look pissed. Michael Conradical at Boredom underscore ensues says, My favorite thing about the trailer was seeing imagery of things we know and love, but in a new context. I like that. That's what this movie has to do. There's a lot of pressure on this movie to do that. Uh, they can't just throw up an X-Wing and be like, eh, X-Wing. we got to give it some new context and some purpose and not just be fan service. Um, Yavin 4, it's all cool right now that we're seeing the base on Yavin. Um, but, you know, that could be done wrong. Oh, look, it's Mon Mothma. Could be done wrong. Um, so we'll see. I have full faith that they will. Um, but, hey, the trailer did show that stuff, and it did give you some... Uh, um, 
to give you some uh, some joy. So, Michael, great comment. Darth, uh, Darth, uh, Daddle, Daddle, I don't know why I can't read, why why can't we as a society read Twitter handles? It's not just me. I, I, whether it was Screen Junkies or even now a Collider or just um, other people, whatever re- we see Twitter handles, I've messed up some Twitter handles in amazing fashions. An amazing fashion. It's like been like, oh, hello, Mr. Incredible. Oh, Mr. Incredible. I don't know why I couldn't read that. Darth Didalus. D-E-D-A-L-U-S. Darth Didalus, right? I think I got it right. He said, Darth, I got to be respectful. Darth Didalus says, I cried watching the Rogue One trailer. Mr. Plinkett murdered your Star Wars soul. So sorry. He sends his condolences. Um, all right, hey, hey, fair. I think I'm a little bit different than Mr. Plinkett, though I do like pizza rolls, and I'm a big fan of you and McDonald's. Um, but, all right, maybe I, maybe because I watched that, maybe I was just wrapped up in a bad week, a lot of stress at changing jobs. Maybe that had a little bit to do with it. I can admit that. I think my Star Wars soul is still in place, but it's a fair shot. Darth Vanquish, Vanquish says, uh, did Galen Erso intentionally design a flaw in the Death Star? This is just general questions. Um, I think we talked about this on Force Center. Uh, I've talked about it definitely elsewhere. Um, no, nah, I don't think he did. <laughs> Joey Beans. Joey Beans 81 on Twitter. If you have not followed Joey Beans, spelled the common spelling, Joey Beans, B-E-A-N-S, 81, follow Joey Beans. Joey Beans is one of the oldest, probably literally, right, Joey? Oldest uh, Schmozno fans around, followed us in the early days. I think he was a bit of an a-hole troll at the beginning. Joey could admit that. He's got a bit of an attitude. But Joey's turned into someone I actually consider a friend, though we've never met. Joey, you were supposed to come to L.A. Comic Con. I was keeping track. Where were you? Uh, He's hilarious, he's funny, and you should follow him. Rarely do I say follow a listener. But Joey's more than a listener. He's family for Schmoes No, and he's family for Four Center. And he says, awesome, with an exclamation point that makes me say, Joey, quiet down. Ken had the balls, all caps, to come out and say he didn't like the Rogue One trailer. Look, there's there's other heroes in the world, Joey. I was just doing a podcast in my room alone. I don't consider myself a hero most of the time, but thank you. There's other more important people, and there's other more, other more important issues in the world. Uh, but he does, uh, goes on to say, having a difference in opinion is how Star Wars fans are able to share their knowledge of Star Wars with each other. Joey used the wrong version of there. So typical. So typical, Joey. And he gave me a thumbs up. Joey, I love it. I agree. And that's kind of my point. Um, I feel I'm not negative just to be negative. I, I, I am a grumpy character sometimes on Shmo's No, but it, generally I'm actually pretty positive about things. I love things. I'm a big pro wrestling fan. I don't spend a lot of time talking about how the WWE sucks. I, I spend most of my time talking about what I like about the WWE, even when I think there are some bad things in it. Same with Star Wars. Same with Robotech. Robotech's silly, but I love it. Same with Game of Thrones. There's things I sometimes question about Game of Thrones, but I love it. I love A Song of Ice and Fire. I love it. But you know what? George R. Martin's hard to read. I don't criticize it. I focus on generally positive things. I just was harshly negative because it struck a bad chord with me. But I uh, appreciate Joey saying that, hey, we can have these differences of opinions. 
at the Star Wars counseling panel, which I hope you all get to hear. Technical problems be damned. Um, a lot of people focused on the EU and uh, bitter, a little some some bitter and bitterness and anger at uh, Disney for sweeping away the EU, and it was like they couldn't forgive them. Um, but you know what? I'm not a big fan of the EU. But I learn things from people who are fans. I learn interesting things and I respect that they love it. And I could see the passion on their faces. We had a couple people in line uh, who just uh, really, really wanted to talk about how uh, they were upset that the EU was gone. Um, and I understand it. I respect it. And that's how I learn. And again, Jennifer Landa, who I respect on levels so high in the stratosphere, loved the second Rogue One trailer. And had spectacular reasons. She does. She just wasn't going. Ooh, Star Wars. She had reasons why it struck the chord in her. I, and I loved it. And I stopped for a second to hear how she appreciated the trailer. How it relates to her as as a woman who's a Star Wars fan who grew up as a little girl, not having a lot of support as a Star Wars fan who uh, has a father and has a mother to see the young Jin character hiding while her father was going through some problems with his buddy Orson Krennic. Strikes that chord with her, which is a chord it, it, it really can't. As much as I might understand it, it can't strike that chord with me. Had a different feel growing up, but I have to stop and respect her opinion and, and learn why she loves it and not take that away from her. Thanks, Joey. I, 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 you started a deep, deep train of thought. Follow Joey at Joey Beats. Thank you, Joey. And you're welcome, Joey. Camtron at Lit What? Says, hey, Ken, agree with you. I do. Last trailer was so much better. Still some cool stuff, but it wasn't totally necessary. Yeah, all right. Some people agreed with me. Patrick Barman, our friend over at Imperial Podcasting. Go listen to Patrick's uh, shows. I actually would somewhat agree. I think the trailer was beautiful, but showed too much. Um... And uh, I, I still stand by that. A lot of people, I, I, I don't think it showed, I think it had to show a lot. There's still a, a marketing issue with Rogue One because it, it is something that a lot of, of casual fans just aren't familiar with. Um, but I think it showed too much. But I, I understand it had to. I understand it had to. And um, final one, couple ones here. Sorry, bear with me. Sean Massar at Red 5 Hulk. I like that. Red 5, check it in. He's an angry Hulk. I says, I'm a Star Wars Rebel fan. We can have a symbiotic relationship. You must see that. What should the next Star Wars cartoon be? Um, Ewoks. A bunch of Ewoks. But, Sean, you're right. Again, I want to make it clear. I don't miss an episode of Rebels. There's just a lot of things I don't like it. But if you love Rebels, I love Clone Wars. I know people that are like, eh, Clone Wars. Yes, we can have a symbiotic relationship, just like Obi-Wan Kenobi told Boss Nass. You must see that. General questions. Two general questions. I'll go back back to Patrick Barman, P underscore Barman. He also runs Imperial Podcasting. Like I said, check it out. He says, will we see Alderaan and Rogue One? Uh, I've had this question before, whether it's on air or definitely off air. I've had this conversation with Chris Scrimshaw and Mark Ellis and Christian Harloff and Mark Riley and all those guys. Yeah, I think we'll see Alderaan and Rogue One. I don't think it will be a main focus. I don't, I don't think it needs to be. I think at some point there'll be some kind of mention and it might be one of those, uh, you know, set a course for Alderaan. The Death Star's ready. Tarkin wants to head there. Could be. 
And final question, uh, which is going to lead to something else uh, that we're not doing on this episode, but we're going to be doing sometime soon on the Force Center podcast feed. Jessica Beardsley checking in at Miss underscore Bitsy. Uh, she's a longtime listener. Jessica, good to have you commenting again here. Uh, she asked me, will you read the Ahsoka novel? I have not only read it. Now, she tweeted the tweeted this on the 19th. Like I said, had to take some time off. T- tech problems. So, Jessica, about the time that you tweeted that, I started to read the Ahsoka novel and finished it while I took a little vacation uh, between jobs. And uh, I love the Ahsoka novel. And I recommend it to all of you. It starts, I don't want to say slow, it just starts small and quiet. It is, uh, I believe, marketed as a teen novel, but so is Lost Stars, so you go in with full faith. I think Lost Stars is is still better and by far the best canon novel out there now. Um, but uh, Ahsoka, the novel, again, starts small, uh, disconnected from the greater Star Wars story, but then it picks up and stuff starts getting ref- revealed. And then there's there's interludes uh, similar in fashion to the Aftermath books, um, and they're fascinating. If, if you haven't read... I don't want to spoil it. I won't go into it. So if you don't want to know nothing, you can turn off now. Come back in a second here, too. But for those who are like, I wonder, should I read the Ahsoka novel? Not a giant Ahsoka fan. There's some things that are key to the Rebellion, that are key to the Rebels cartoon. And there is an interlude. There's an interlude with Obi-Wan Kenobi in the desert. And it's a great little chapter. One of my favorite moments in the book. And you probably heard all the stuff about uh, new canon, about what turns Sith lightsabers red or what makes them red. Um, I don't know if I was necessarily a fan of that explanation, um, but I, I don't care in a way. And some of you might care. And feel free to have the discussion if you know... Um, what I'm talking about, the big reveal of how Ahsoka got her two white lightsaber blades. It's a fascinating chapter. It's one of my favorite moments in any of new Star Wars canon. And as an Ahsoka fan, it made me just almost jump up in the air when I'm reading my book alone in my room at night and go, Yeah, Ahsoka, she's badass. Um, great moment. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't 100% get behind the explanation as to why Sith lightsabers are red. But um, the other explanation for that we've kind of been familiar with for years was that they use kind of a synthetic kyber crystal and I I, I can accept either or that I, I, I I'm not a, a huge defender I'm not a I'm not a uh, synthetic kyber crystalist um, but the the new way is uh, you know it's fine it's fine with me it's it's nothing to get an uproar about don't tweet Pablo Hidalgo about it just let the man have a peaceful night for once um, but uh, in the end I gotta tell you the Ahsoka novel is a, from my point of view, a must-read for Star Wars fans, and I hope you check it out. Joseph Scrimshaw has finished the book, and we are going to do our little, uh, our, do our little homework assignment and take some notes and uh, do a Force Center book report on it, and let you guys uh, in on that, and you can have a full-on discussion with us too there. So, guys, I've talked for a long time. I want to thank you for first the patience for staying with me while I battled some technical problems, uh, the patience for or hopefully uh, getting the Star Wars counseling panel from LA Comic Con up. It might not sound as good as we wanted it to be, but uh, I hope you guys will get a chance to listen to it and uh, enjoy it. It was a great panel. For those that were there, we met some of you out there. We had a lot of fun uh, out there. Joseph, Jennifer, and I felt so good. We felt downright chuffed. 
you guys made us feel really good, If you, the ones that came out. And we had some new fans, which is exciting for us, too, because uh, um, uh, we want to grow this. And we have plans to grow this in 2017. And so it's great to make some new fans. Uh, special thanks to uh, Brian Rohrenbacher, who... Uh, Took a nice picture of us. He was doing some Indiana Jones cosplay, and uh, we posted that picture on our Facebook page. Go to our Facebook page at Four Center, uh, which is at Four Center Podcast, I believe, too. Um, but at uh, just look up Four Center on Facebook, like our page. There's some stuff there. Follow us on Twitter as uh, as uh, we ask all the time at Four Center Pod. You can follow me at Catnapsock. Use the hashtag Spotlight Star Wars to keep talking to us. Check out some of the great stuff we got going on here, uh, especially if you have. Haven't had a chance. I want to put a special focus on Jennifer Landa's Jedi Beat. Check out the last episode at David seventy five Donovan tweets in one of our longtime listeners. He says to Jennifer, I "Love your documentaries. Please keep them going. Pure quality. Thank you. Um, I second that. Uh, Jedi Beat is a, a labor of love for Jennifer, and she puts a lot into each episode. That's why they're not uh, uh, every week. They're they're monthly, roughly, and uh, it is worth the wait. Every time I have the pleasure of listening to them." Uh, first before you guys do I just get excited uh, that you guys get to get to hear this and uh, we appreciate it, Jennifer appreciates it uh, this last one was about Marsha Lucas uh, George Lucas's ex-wife and uh, the importance of her place in Star Wars history it is a must listen to so uh, Dave thanks for pointing that out and uh, you guys check that out alright that's it I'm going to go on with my day I hope you guys can go on with your day and still uh, be okay with me for still not liking the Rogue One trailer as much as some of you might. But I appreciate you guys uh, having the conversation with me, having a nice conversation with me at hashtag Spotlight Star Wars. We are all in this together. We are celebrating Star Wars together, and I am excited for Rogue One. I'm excited to talk to you all of you more on Collider Jedi Council. And for those, again, who are listening to me on Jedi Council going, who is this uh, jerk, and what is this Force Center, and you're new... Welcome aboard. We're happy to have you. A lot more to come. That is Spotlight Star Wars for this week. Until next time, may that force thing kind of, sort of, always remain around you. (laughs) 